welcome to another episode of Parkview on the Spot. My name is Nathan. I am one of the pastors at Parkview, and I am joined by Chad Negley. How are you, Chad? Man, I'm doing so good. I'm I'm thrilled that you all have joined in and are going to listen to another episode with us. This interview we've got is an unbelievable story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. And we like to talk a lot about how like faith and life kind of tie together and yep. people who don't work in church and how they do that. And this one is a perfect example. Justin and Marissa Jackson, their journey has led them to Hong Kong, China. This is our first international podcast, Chad. How exciting is that? It's, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's pretty it's, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great. And I'm not going to give it away, but basically they learned to make beer because they realized that if they learned to make beer, they could share Jesus with their non-Christian Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty story. Cool. Yep. yep. And uh, before we get in the interview, you know, if we would love to know your feedback. Uh, so if you uh, would love to write us a review, we'd love for you to do that. Uh, or you can hit that subscribe button. Let us know how yeah. we're doing. Yeah, and only if, if it's good feedback. Yeah, though. only if it's good feedback. We don't want to hear the bad stuff. And if during the interview at some point you just feel like you'd, you've got some questions you'd like to talk with us about, uh, you can email us at onthespot at parkviewchurch.com. Yep. With that in mind, though, Nathan, I got a question for you, bro. Go for it. <clears throat> so a couple episodes ago, uh, one of our guests, Dean Collins, was referred to you as a grasshopper. And it, 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 it kind of he did call me he, he did he called you grasshopper and so it got me wondering you, did you have any nicknames growing up? Um, my nicknames growing up were kind of boring like Nate Dog things like that. That's not boring. Um, it's kind of boring, but um, for some reason as I got older, people started calling me Nene. Nene. Yeah, Nene. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Does, I don't any, know. does anyone here at Parkview call you Nene? They do. Uh, we have a guy named uh, Richie who's on staff, <laughs> and he likes to he likes to call me Nene from stage, and oh, nobody knows what he's talking oh, about. It just see, sounds creepy. So. Yeah. People might have left our church because of that. Has he stopped doing that? I had to tell him to stop. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Now you know my nickname. Nay, 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 nay. My daughter calls me that now. It's just, I can't. I'm never going to. You're never going to lose no, it. No, no, no. Enjoy the interview with Justin and Marissa. See Love you. you guys. Justin and Marissa, thank you for joining us. I guess I should say this morning, but uh, what time is it in Hong Kong right now? It is 8.30 in the p.m. Yeah, we're yeah. like 13 hours different, something yeah. like that. From 13 yeah. hours different. So I made Chad crawl out of bed this morning so that we could talk to you guys. Chad, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Justin and Marissa, so glad that we get to be with you, even if it's 13 hours apart. <laughs> yeah, this this is this one has really excited me. This is like a, a new, like, uncharted territory for us on the podcast. I'm going international. Going international, huh? Going international. Yeah, well, this and is Nathan, I was deal. disappointed because normally we do these on-the-spot things, like, on location. And I, I literally thought, oh, maybe he's going to fly me to Hong Kong. I've, I've been a little disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'd get in. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's possible right now. <laughs> do it at the airport. Yeah. You know, across the plexiglass. Yeah. Sure. Hey, Justin and Marissa, uh, how in the world, all right, we know each other from some Atlanta, Georgia connections, right? But how in the world did you end up in, in Hong Kong? Talk about the, the journey that led you there. Sure. So we, uh, yeah, we got married uh, a year and a half after graduating. Yeah. So that was 2007. Uh, stayed around Atlanta for a couple of years where I got in, started a teaching career. Um, it was one of those where at an engineering school, got an engineering degree, and they say those that can't do, teach. So I took the advice, got into science teaching, uh, teaching physics, and after a couple of years, we, uh, you know, Marissa and I had both uh, studied abroad. Uh, I had been in Germany, she was in Spain, uh, and I think we already sort of have an interest uh, in traveling, and so 
before we got settled down with like a house and a dog and kids and things like that, we decided to, um, you know, roll the dice a bit and try international teaching, mm -hmm. uh, which took us to Germany in 2009. Uh, so that's what, that's what got us abroad to, to start with halfway. Yeah. Um, we stayed there for three years working at an international school. Mm -hmm. um, and then that career field just kind of took us uh, a door open for us in Hong Kong. Uh, so we moved out here in 2012. So again, for a international teaching gig. Yeah, and at the time I wasn't working in schools actually when we first moved to Germany, we didn't know what I was going to do because I had been working in higher education fundraising. Um, actually, with your previous guest, Dean Collins, I was working at ACC back in the day. Thank you for the thank you for the shout out. <laughs> And, um, Should research. Yeah, and then I worked at Georgia Tech, and then I, when we moved overseas, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do because I'd been working in fundraising. And then a job opened up at Justin's school. The lady retired, and you know, Justin gave me a good plug, and that's kind of how it started. And then I went back to school, became a school counselor, and then after that, yeah, came to Hong Kong, and that's what I've been doing for the last ten years is wow. school counseling or a form of it, yeah. So you've lived in Hong Kong for how long now? Is that eight years? This month, August, will be eight, eight years, yeah. Wow. Is, yeah. We are permanent residents. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> yep. Whatever that means. I don't have to why get a do I, Why do we keep seeing all these pictures of, you know, different craft beer and you at breweries? And I, do you have a problem? Or would you like to explain that to the world? <laughs> yeah, I can. So, um, yes, uh, I came in, uh, originally to teach physics here um, at a local school uh, and did that for about four years and just got to a point, I, I was about 10 years into my teaching career, uh, had met another one of my uh, colleagues who also liked beer. Uh, so we were into drinking beer uh, and then we started brewing <laughs> beer uh, just as a hobby uh, and literally, I mean, this is one of those where you know, the hobby, you know, turned into a, more of an interest and starting to wonder, well, maybe I could try to do this, like not for a hobby, but try to do it professionally. So I was about 10 years into teaching and just kind of had these, one of these moments, I think in education, you sort of see yourself either continuing up this ladder eventually to administration, or you are cool to kind of be a classroom teacher for the rest of your career. And I, for me, I was like 20 or 30 years still doing the exact same thing. I, I couldn't really picture it. And uh, in Hong Kong, it, it's kind of one of these, it's a, an interesting place where there's a lot of opportunity um, to kind of get into, to get into things, uh, maybe start businesses and uh, just try new, new things. Low risk. Very low risk. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, all that kind of go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I know you guys are Christians. So how how did how did your faith uh, play out in in that decision, Justin? Um, well, I, I, what's important to us, I guess, with our faith is that um, it all happens in community for us. And so we felt like, I guess, the part I didn't say is that the school that I was working at, we actually lived on campus. Uh, and this is like a, it wasn't necessarily a Christian school, but kind of like a, a private Christian school uh, where other teachers lived on campus as well. And, and so what was interesting, besides getting together with colleagues after work and having some drinks, um, we found that like when we started brewing beer, 
we got more people coming over. Um, Imagine that. Quality control kind of people. It's just, uh, yeah, beer brings people together, like, in, in ways that, uh, you know, other things just don't. And all these people actually weren't believers. And so it was yeah. kind of fun, like, just having them over at our house. You know, essentially, it's like you're cooking and, like, having beers during the process and, hmm. you know, sharing that hobby uh, and just, I guess, what we – they say in young life is like earning the right to be heard, but, but basically building relationships and like just getting deeper with people. And, um, so yeah, I, I feel like beer was never a, um, was never an obstacle as far as, you know, the conservative kind of like, Oh, alcohol and church. No. Um, we're a little bit more progressive than that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's some expats are more laid back. Like actually, you know, when we first moved to Germany, um, I had students that were giving me bottles of wine at Christmas, like as a gift. Yeah. Not like a bribe, but it's just like a tradition. Like, oh, it's our teacher, so we should give them chocolate and alcohol for the holidays. <laughs> and if it's a public school in America where I came from, I'd be like, whoa, like you can't bring that in what here. Is like, happening? What is happening right now? Put it now? back in your bag and don't tell anyone. <laughs> have you always, I mean, have you always been wired that way to like want to connect with people who aren't Christians and um, you know, connect with them over beers and that kind of thing. Like, did you guys experience that in your life and in your faith journey? Marissa, you talked about becoming a Christian in college, uh, like at Christian Campus Fellowship at Tech. Um, is that kind of how you be how you found Jesus? Did people do that to you? Uh, not necessarily. I played uh, volleyball at Tech at, at Georgia Tech, and so I, it was mostly through my. Uh, teammates I was gonna say colleagues sorry um, my teammates uh, who went to CCF that was more that route but I would say in general I'm more that's a social I'm a social person and so those kind of things appeal to me and yeah I did some stuff when I interned at CCF where it was more casual we'd go to Octane Coffee you remember that place and they had coffee in the morning yeah, they had um, coffee in the morning and beers in the afternoon. We would do a Bible study I did with a couple girls over some beers. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, since then, I feel like that has been a theme that we have invited into our faith um, and just into, into our life or whatever. And when we started, and Justin can talk more about it, when we started uh, Back to School Brewing, which was what Justin kind of switched to from teaching to start this um, brewing school called Back to School Brewing, um, we always called it like a third place, which is kind of a term I think that gets thrown around. I don't know if you've heard of that. Explain that. Um, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe you can explain it more because it was. Yeah, it's actually a, it's like a comes from a book that was written I think back in the '70s maybe, but uh, just describes like a place that's not someone's home and not someone's work, mm -hmm. uh, where people can get together and actually just get to know one another, uh, socialize, but feel welcome maybe feel like it's this is their place uh and so it places like bars and cafes are, are kind of natural third places mm -hmm. um churches sometimes yeah it can be yeah. uh it's just yeah. one of these things it's not one of those normal places that life takes you like because you have to be at home or you have to be at work but this is a place you want to go uh because you feel comfortable there it's like the cheers kind of yeah, kind cheers, of thing, yeah. in a way and it was kind of cool so in that sense we crossed kind of like our faith and this third place because we started a a um, event at back to school called beer and hymns and it, it exists in, in america um and we started it with a friend who kind of had lost his faith but he had missed like the sense of community and worship and singing 
Um, and so really, and you knew what you were getting into, right? The event was called Beer and Hymns. And so, but it was really cool, just the people that would come. A lot of them would be a lot of people who had left the church, been burned by the church, yeah. or, you know, just people who wanted to sing. And so it's kind of cool, like just this place that we created that was a third place using kind of the gifts and abilities that we had been given as far as we loved hosting. We were very hospitable. Justin knows how to brew beer, thankfully, and he could teach people how to do it. And, you know, with his teaching background. So it kind of just was a cool time in our life to be able to use those in a cool way. Can can we, can we talk about that for a minute? Cause that's, that's really insightful. I, I imagine people are listening who probably have some skills and some gifts, but probably don't, um, have like the skills and gifts, quote unquote, that, you know, pastors, you know, commonly have, right? So yeah. how, how do you guys take your gifts and your skills, maybe the things that you're good at and connect it with your faith in God? Like how does someone do that? Gosh, I feel like that's such a journey. Like, to be honest, yeah. like you figuring out kind of what you're good at. Um, yeah. I mean, of course you can always take assessments and things like that to tell you. And part of my job does that, right? What, what are you? Are you an Enneagram seven or a three or whatever? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but I think over time, like as you do things, things slip away that you're not as interested in. I don't know. Would you say the same? And then the things that you actually enjoy, you do more of. And so we really enjoyed having people over. And so we found we hosted people casually or formally or whatever. We did it all the time. And we like to celebrate. We're big about birthdays and celebrations. And and so it kind of, those kind of things kind of came naturally to yeah. us. Yeah, none of that was difficult to do. And I think that's kind of when you know you're acting out of some of that giftedness or just what your, um, yeah, your wheelhouse, I guess you could say is when it's just something you almost like want to do. Uh, so hosting was made sense. Like in that, I, I am a, I guess I, I would say I am a worship leader at our church, but we haven't met in those seven months. So I was almost like, am yes, I still a worship yes, leader? I don't know. Yes, you are. You still are. So, we did it for many years. So we did this event, like to get the acoustic guitar out and play some songs and recruit some other musicians. Like that's, that wasn't hard and that was fun, you know? So yeah. I think everyone's kind of got that. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, something big or, or major, uh, I think, but just yeah. like hosting isn't, something that's like it's not like a profession really or something or well and there's this i do this with my students actually which is funny there's like a steve jobs commencement speech i think it's from stanford or something and it talks about doing certain things you don't have to have a reason for why you do them sometimes like for justin like playing guitar he picked it up in college uh teaching to brewing as a hobby and sometimes you don't really know how those dots are going to connect but at some point they will or, you know, a lot of them, you know, those skills and abilities that you've learned Mm. or invested time into kind of come together. And I would say for both of us at the moment, I feel like we're kind of in a sweet spot in that sense where, um, you kind of, we've kind of figured out what are those things that we like to do? What are those things that God has gifted us with? Like, obviously, like I'm a counselor and a trained counselor and relationships Mm. are really important to me and that, you know, those kind of things just play themselves out. So I guess, doing stuff to do it is important. Like just to see if you like it or not like it. And then kind of, I feel like God will kind of nudge you if he thinks this is an area where you can grow and learn and use it in other ways. Maybe not now, but maybe later. Here in the States. I mean, we have tens of millions of people who are without a job right now. Right. Yeah. And I imagine there's tons of people who are going, who am I? Because yeah. what I do has stopped. 
And so how, how do you answer that? Like, what, what did you, what, what answers did you guys come to? Like, who am I um, when I do stuff? Who are you? Who are you, Justin? <laughs> so much. Such a big Let question. me go grab my journal to find what I decided. Yeah. Yeah, no, it just, uh, for me, I had to kind of fall back, you know, especially as a, as a Christian, like just looking at my worth and my value, just, uh, not based on what I'm doing, you know, but, uh, what Christ did for me. Uh, and I, I really, you know, don't mean that in a cheesy way or anything, but, uh, just that like trying to actually believe like, like you kind of can maybe know it in your head, but actually believe that like you are enough kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like you don't have to have any kind of title role. You don't have to have a salary or have achieved X, Y, Z, like to, uh, to have worth or, or, or value in this world. Um, and so, you know, I probably started more looking at more, who am I? Like as, as far as roles that I fulfill, like I'm a husband. Um, at the time I was not a father, but you know, now I'm a father. Um, some of those family kind of roles. Friendship. Uh, make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a friend. I, uh, you know, a member of a church community and, um, yeah, so it's, it, it is difficult. Um, and humbling, like incredibly mm -hmm. humbling, uh, because I also had to come to grips with, okay, I'm going to give this little business thing a shot, but like, what if it fails? Like, cause I had to, to, I had to come around to that before I even started. Like if this thing totally fails and you lose all this money, like, you know, how are you going to process that? Are you going to be okay with that? Are you then now like your, your identity now is like, you're a, a failure. Um, and I had to just, confront that and just know that however this works out, like it's not going to be about, you know, uh, the results in the end, but it's actually about the fact that I, I knew that I took a, um, a pretty brave step to, uh, to leave things that were very known and, uh, yeah. and comfortable, uh, to something that was very unknown. Um, yeah. and that, what would people think of me? I think that was really, it. Uh, it was just worried about how other people perceive you. Uh, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this guy that, doesn't have a job or whatever else. And one of Justin's big, I mean, I'll step in as like a spectator during all of this, but <laughs> Justin's big thing is like feeling competent. Sure. Like he has this thing that he just doesn't want people to make him look stupid. And so you can imagine somebody not having a job, kind of uh, hustling a little bit and starting a business, uh, getting working at the church part-time, substitute teaching, and not really knowing how to define yourself and what you do. Right. And so, I mean, I would say for Justin, it was, it's, it's a, it was definitely a process, a long process, a lot of digging in, a lot of, um, I think you were in pure desire at the time. No, were you not? Or you were in, yeah. he was in like a men's, oh no, you were in that Bible study group. He was in this men's yeah. group. Searching and growing and, um, can yeah. I, um, you know, it, it's always kind of nice for like men to get like some inside information about how like their wife might be thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just like, oh man, that's gold. Like, as you said, you were a spectator watching your husband go through this and taking risks maybe for the first time in his life and growing in his faith. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Can you, can you talk about like how it affected your marriage? Like him, him finding out so much about himself and finding value in who he is and in God's eyes, how did that affect your marriage? How you see yeah. him? Yeah, maybe talk to that guy who's listening, who, is afraid, who who's like, man, 
that would yeah. be awesome if that was me. I want to know what she thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because a lot of people, and maybe it's just my profession or my personality, I don't know, like, I want people to be doing something that they thrive in, right? That's my job in general is to help kids figure out kind of where, what areas they like, where they thrive. And I could just tell when Justin was teaching, like it wasn't like this passion that was like, Mm. I can't wait to get up and get in the classroom. Like he was good at it. Don't get me wrong. He was a really good teacher, but, um, so yeah, I guess from the beginning, and I would just say in our whole marriage, it's kind of gone back and forth, like us each wanting to do something, us each, like him going to grad school, then me going to grad school, mm-hmm. him changing careers, me switching schools, right. you know, um, all these things. And I think the more flexible you are and the more like supportive and encouraging you are, it actually is a, it can be fun for both of you as the other person's growing and changing and yeah, watching good. them, you know become this person that you're hopefully they're meant to be right and so that part was really fun it was hard and challenging at times don't get me wrong Mm. and you know you you hurt for the other person when you can tell that they're really struggling with some identity issue right it's not so much like they're sick or you know you can help when they really it's like god's really working on their heart and so that you know, a lot of time in prayer together, a lot, you know, pray, me praying for him and it, those kind of things. It was good. I know in the end, like I'm on the other side of it. Right. And I know we'll have other seasons like this, but it was so good for him to break down some of those lies that he'd believed about himself, mm-hmm. about cultural things that had been instilled in him from a child, you know, yeah. family dynamics, all those things came into play when you're really wrestling with your identity. And so for me as a, you know, someone who likes to do those kind of things, I was just, I was impressed like how much he invested in it. Yeah. Came out on the other side. You know, as you guys are sitting there talking, I'm thinking, man, I'd I'd love to just go grab a beer with you too. And I'm like, Oh wait, (laughs) you guys are like really far away. Man, I love, I love hearing how you guys have connected what you're good at with your faith. And I love how you both have leaned in and taken some courageous steps and lived outside of your comfort zone. I I think that speaks to a lot of people who maybe don't know how to do that or thinking of doing that. And Mm. they just need to hear some successful stories of how God has showed up in the midst of it. And so it's just a real good opportunity to hear from you guys. Thank you for doing that. I'm curious, has God surprised you at all? Um, Maybe through the brewery? Like, can you give us maybe one good story of, of something God's done for you guys while you've been there that you've seen God do? Oh, so many. I'm sure. Um, well, I should give some context that, uh, the, so what we started was a, like a brewing workshop. So really just like a cooking class, but maybe, like an Airbnb experience. Maybe. Yeah, I got like you. That. <laughs> so it was like that'll a workshop. Sell. That'll sell. <laughs> and we ran that from maybe 2016 to 2018. So like, actually like this, this place is actually shut down. So I'd, business-wise I'd say I'm a, I am a failure as far as that goes, as most businesses do. <laughs> um, however, God blew me away yeah. by making us fail when we did, I would say, because, uh, well, we made, we made the choice because our, our son was born, um, uh, a month before our, our lease was up on this workshop. So it was like one of these timings, like, do I want to keep on working two jobs and try to tackle fatherhood? Like, mm, maybe not. 
so we shut this thing down in April 2018, 2019. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm sure you guys saw some of the news. We have Hong Kong has had a lot of political kind of uh, difficulties, unrest. A lot of unrest over the last year and a half. And all that started probably in May and June of 2019, right after I shut the door. Um, loads of businesses were affected because a lot of people were in the streets, tear gas, things like that. Um, and now we're dealing with coronavirus. Lots of businesses are having difficult times. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like, if I didn't, if I had not tried to close that business anyways, when we did and it signed another lease, like, I don't know that. I mean, there's yeah. no way we'd just be sitting be there underwater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paying rent on a space we couldn't use. Um, so that's wow. kind of maybe a selfish God's timing. Um, I feel like in the end, like I learned so much about myself and just was, was pushed to try so many new things and learn so many new skills and starting yeah. a business, um, uh, that all that, like the value is, is there, uh, no matter what it really cost us, you know, personally, sometimes you can be like, Oh, it set us back on our savings plans and things like that. But Whatever. in the end, it's like, no, like we, we grew so much uh, experience-wise. Um, and it led Justin in another God way. Like, during that time, he also applied for a job at one of the big craft breweries here. I saw a, a job listing, and I said, hey, you should try doing this. And in the end, he got a job there. And long story short, as things have transpired at the company, now he's lead brewer at the craft brewery, and he's only nice. been there like two or three years. And yeah. that's just kind of an opportunity you can have in Hong Kong that just wouldn't happen in the States with the that saturation awesome. of breweries and things like that. Like, yeah. he's been able to do that stuff. Um, so do awesome. they have like, like in Chicagoland, they have, you know, like little areas where all the hipsters live and it's where all the breweries are. Do they have that in Hong Kong? I'm trying to like imagine, you know, people like <laughs> hipsters in question. Hong Kong who go to all these breweries and critique your it's, it's, it's funny you say that because Hong Kong people are like, what? A lot of times the breweries are in industrial buildings and you go up to like the 15th floor and you're like, where am I? And then all of a sudden the door opens and it's like this cool brewery inside an industrial building so it's it's not like you know ground level industrial building where right. you walk into like a brewery it's a little different than the brewery we're at a couple weeks ago nathan in somebody's garage <laughs> yes very different very different, well, different. Yeah. hey hey uh, you guys are georgia tech grads uh, let me put you on the spot a little bit um, oh, yeah let's do it w- would you you know pre-coronavirus pre-covid would you ever consider hugging a University of Georgia fan? <laughs> like, if pushed against the wall, if you had no choice, would you consider hugging a UGA fan? I'm a hugger, man. I'll give it out. <laughs> wow. Justin's <laughs> thinking about it. I, got, I mean, yeah, I've got some family that are alums. So, yeah, if I'm related to them, yeah. Probably. <laughs> if you're related to them. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys so much for talking. Um, yeah, thank you. It's awesome. It, yeah. It is, it is so encouraging to talk to people who are, I don't know, using the way that they're wired in some pretty amazing ways. It might feel normal to you, uh, but for guys like us to see people who are um, connecting with people and living out their faith and combining work and faith in life, it's just, yeah, it's inspirational to us. So thank you for doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Yeah, and I guess I would say the takeaway from that is it's sometimes you can think it's this big thing. I remember in college, like, oh, you're going to go open a school and oh, so yeah. where and, you know, people prophesizing what you're going to do with your life. But actually, I think as we 
grown older and this makes me sound old, but like, it's actually the small, it's actually the small things like the relationships you invest in every day and um, the people you're surrounded with and your sphere of influence. And those are the relationships that matter. And wherever God puts you, you can, you can do that. And that's kind of what's kept Mm. us here in Hong Kong is that we, you know, have really connected with people here and um, from all different walks of life. and, And now we're in a different circle we're expats right we've been doing this for almost 12 years and so it's like that's a whole nother community that we tapped into that if you asked me that when i was at georgia tech i would have been like what so yeah Yeah, it really is the day-to-day stuff i used to feel so much pressure that i needed to like the god expected me to like accomplish this huge thing start this foundation a nonprofit, or it's just i don't know yeah i always felt guilty to not deliver it's like oh but to whom much has been given, much is expected, and it's like, <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's yeah, I just good. think yeah, he doesn't want us to. He doesn't want us to approach it that way. I don't yeah, think. Day to day, I like it. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. We appreciate it. You have a great evening. A great yeah, night have a great, in Hong Kong. Good evening. We're gonna have I'm a going to bed, guys. I'm going to you bed. You guys have a good Tuesday's looking good. I'll just give you a preview. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stocks, it's, the stocks are going up. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to want to be up for this one. Thank you so much. Peace. Yeah. Sure. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of our On the Spot podcast. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Justin and Marissa Jackson. I know that we did too. Chad, you got some info for everybody? Yeah, and I, I really do hope that you felt this was inspiring as well. You know, at Parkview, we want everyone to know that taking a next step in your faith is possible. And so if you want to take a new step in your relationship with God, uh, maybe discover how you can connect what you're good at uh, with your relationship with God, similar to what the Jacksons were talking about. You can email us at onthespot at parkviewchurch.com. We would love to talk with you. And again, like uh, like always, we'd love to have your feedback. You can click on write a review. Let us know what you think of the episodes, the conversations we're having. And you can help us spread the word too. You can click subscribe or you can even copy that share link and share it with your neighbors. We're so glad you joined us. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.